just a bunch of witty banter. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Witty Banter, the world's number one podcast. To my right is my partner in crime and my partner in life. <laughs> Hunter Dorset. Oh, come on. I mean, it's true <laughs> enough. I mean, we've known each other for 12 years now. But... I'm just saving up for the ring by now. <laughs> you better. It better be good. If you like it, you better, you better put a ring on it. I'm going to, dude. Well, it is Saturday right now, August 20... What Today is the 23rd. 23rd. Thank you, Hunter. It is exactly 2 p.m. 2 p.m. here in Austin, Texas, and we're ready to dive into this episode as usual. If you're a fan of the show, you know that every episode we review a beer... And this beer that we chose was a recommendation from a man we actually just met named Dan Grosser. This guy is basically a jack-of-all-trades, beer connoisseur, badass. Yeah, really interesting meeting this guy. Mm-hmm. Talked our ear off about a bunch of different beers and got us to learn a bunch of stuff right in about five minutes. And the beer he recommended is actually a black lager, which got me real excited because I got to try a black lager over in Germany, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And basically, it looks like a stout. You know, you're going to be expecting these huge flavors to punch you in the face. But since it's a lager, it actually finishes, supposed to finish pretty clean and get out of your mouth real quick. Maybe. Yeah, so it's got like the taste of a milkshake without the feeling of a milkshake. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because it looks dark as crap. Anyway, so the beer name is Fire Brewed Black Bavarian Style Lager. Is that it? Or is it the Sprecher? I think it's the Black Bavarian. Yeah, That's I think okay. it's the Black Bavarian. So the brewery is Sprecher. Yeah, the brewery is Sprecher, and then the title of the beer is Black Bavarian, and it is a black lager. It is 6% alcohol by volume. Yep. So and nice little, yeah. we already poured ours up, and I tell you what, man, the second I poured it, without even smelling it with my nose up to it, but just having it on the table, I could smell caramel. I can smell, yeah, a little bit of sweetness. I'm not. I didn't really uh, know what it was. It smells awesome. Yeah, it smells. It really smells good. super malty <laughs> and really caramely. The header is like a creamy tan, and yeah, it's not like a white header. And you just took your first sip. Yeah, I get a like little small hints of uh, a little bit of coffee in it. Is that? Yeah, totally. Do I you? get that too. Do you? Uh, do you, does that uh, knock it down a few points for you? <laughs> no, dude, that's fine. I okay. I actually warmed up to coffee a little bit this summer because I forced myself to try uh, cappuccinos and stuff over in Europe because their coffee is supposed to be you know awesome. Yeah. I don't know if that's true because it was the first time I was tasting it. But I think it just depends on where you go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But I ended up enjoying it a little bit. So this is really nice, though, dude. This is I so really good. like this beer. And it was it was really validating too. Uh, when we talked to this guy, he noted on our sophistication. Like you guys in our beer clearly selection. look like beer connoisseurs. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Is it the backwards hat and the uh, athletic shorts? Because that's what I was probably that's my gave trademark. away. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So do you uh, do you? Get any other hints as for, uh, outside of that maybe caramelly chocolate? Cho- I mean, I, a dark chocolate too. Because okay. you know how dark chocolate can be a little bitter? Yes. I feel like that's the aftertaste. I think yes. what lingers is a little bit of just a bitter chocolate and that coffee. But like I said, and luckily, you know, my, my guess was a little right that it, it doesn't hang around in your mouth too much and it doesn't feel very heavy. Right. And which I enjoy because I honestly don't like to drink. Stouts very often, only in the winter because of how thick they are. 
But this is a perfect compromise. It's like a it's a dark beer with all those flavors that isn't heavy. And it's smooth. Like it's not even it's not even um, it's not it's not a difficult thing to take down. It's it's very engaging. Um, I was gonna ask you. It says on the six pack established in Milwaukee. Yeah, but it's Sprecher. I looked up the brewery. It's just an American brewery because they said it's an import beer. Yeah, they're (laughs) those liars. We were bamboozled. (laughs) And guess what? We were totally bumfuzzled. Witty banter is. Taking notice, all right? You ain't getting around. Even though we found our new H-E-B of choice. Even though we love you. (laughs) All right. All right, cool. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. All right, let's do it. Um, This is Witty Banter. (laughs) So to kick it off, guess what? We actually have mail this week. Yes. And I'm going to use one of the questions to lead us into the first little quick fire. It's a shout out. Can we go ahead and say who it is? Yeah, I'll blow it out. Okay, cool. Are you ready for this? Yes. This comes from Forrest Collada, a good friend of ours. Uh, he emailed the show at wittybanshow at gmail.com, just like you can. And his question is Do you think DC Comics will be able to compete with Marvel's Avengers in their attempt to establish a cinematic universe with the upcoming Batman vs. Superman movie? And this went along perfectly with what I wanted to bring to the show. Because I have here a graphic that is the theatrical release schedule of Marvel movies versus DC movies. Okay. And I'll just let you take a quick glance at it. If okay. you notice, on the left-hand side, which is Marvel, <laughs> it's a... pretty much like 500 <laughs> movies up until <laughs> – they have movies planned all the way to um, 2019. Yeah. Okay. So they're doing some long-term event horizon planning. And on the right-hand side, we only have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten um, DC movies. On the left-hand side, we've probably got like 15. Right. So in terms of competing with Marvel, I don't think – if you're going to judge com- competition by how much money they're going to bring in, there's just no way. Yeah. Marvel is unstoppable right, right. now. Absolutely. But but for me, I value quality so much more than I value quantity. And Which, Rightfully so. You know, I think that Marvel does do a good job with their superhero movies. I really respected – I mean, I I'm I really like Christopher Nolan just in general, but when he took that kind of dark turn for Batman and made it a darker, more Phyllis like, just emotionally deep version of it, I liked that way more than any Marvel movie I've ever seen. Yeah, so it's, and that's that's kind of the difference though is Marvel movies are 100 percent for kids. Right, know? we can't fool ourselves. I know. A lot of people love to go watch these movies. They're super entertaining. But those movies are for families and for kids. And right, that's right, a right. large part of the reason why they make so much money. Now, with The Dark Knight, it definitely showed us what a super movie, superhero movie could be. It didn't have to be that. Right. And but I thought that they raised the bar, in my opinion. They totally did. And even with Superman that just came out, or Man of Steel. Thought that was great. As a stylistic movie, that one was way different than most Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a little bit of insight because me and uh, – thank you, Forrest, by the way, for the question. Forrest actually helped me do a recording recently, and we talked about this a little bit. So I have a little bit of glint of insight into his viewpoint. Which was? I think that he thinks that the Justice League, which will be you know the Batman, Superman. Right. I think that they're going to bring Wonder Woman into mm-hmm. this Wonder Woman is supposed to be in the next one. I think he thinks it's going to be dumb. Whatever. And I think that he thinks that it's too much of a stretch. They didn't, they didn't do enough pre-work beforehand, and the fact that they're changing the characters. Ben Affleck is going to be the new Batman instead of Christian Bale, and no one's seen Wonder Woman. And 
I think he just thinks it's kind of a stretch and that they felt like it was a necessity for them to do that in order to compete. Definitely. Those are definitely valid points. I think the fact that they're going to do a Justice League with this combined universe approach shows that they're kind of having to play on Marvel's terms anyway. Mm -hmm. And Marvel's actually doing some cool things, too. I've been reading a lot about the Doctor Strange movie that they want to do. Okay, I don't really know anything Doctor about him. Doctor Strange, I only know him because he was in a fighting game. He's in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. Okay. And he's a really cool character, which is why I got excited. Right. And they talked about how if they do this, do his movie, they might not make it an origin story, hmm. which I think is genius. Right, Because right. if you think about it, the first um, iteration in any superhero movie that's typically come out is always how they got their powers or how they become who they are. Rightfully But so, to yeah. kind of just dive into it, catch the viewers up on what they can do or how they – you know, where right. they are just in their own story arc is a great idea, and you kind of cut out all of the other filth that you have to go through. Yeah, and, and when you do that, when you start off your movie with these beginning movies showing the beginnings of the hero, you're I feel like you end up getting kind of narrow in the things that you can do in your film because it has to be so realistic almost, you know what I mean? Like... You have to be able to explain this, 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 and this about the character. Where in which are totally inexplainable things, right? Exactly, yeah. there are these inexplainable concepts that are made up in magazines. So you kind of just want to be able to jump right into those. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm down. Yeah. Well, as far as the competition, I think DC has a horribly tough time ahead of them. Um, the movie schedule that is just being blown up by Marvel right now might take a little bit of the gas out of it, though, to be completely honest. People might be sick of going to the movies and only watching Marvel movies because that's almost going to be the option that they have. That's how I kind of feel, man. Mm -hmm. And we saw with Man of Steel, which I really enjoyed, that DC movies can... I mean, I, I think it's ultimately up to the directors and stuff who are making these movies... Not not so much the headquarters of DC Comics, but yeah. if we can get some stellar DC movies, and it can almost be you have your Marvel movies that you see kind of all the time, but every mm. three years a DC movie comes out, and it's sick. You right. know? And, if, and if that's the way it is, and they end up being these huge money rakers, then right. who knows? And, and two, I think a big thing that the upcoming Batman vs. Superman movie is going to hinge on will be the villain and how, one, believable the villain is, and two, how much that those people will have to overcome in order to do those villains. Because in my opinion, the thing that drives the plot is how cool the villain it's is. It's always the villain. So That's a little Max Scott insight for me. He oh. changed how I completely look at comic books. And he, so he said that most uh, superheroes are defined by their villains. Okay. And Interesting. when you look at it that way, which makes total sense to me. Right. Um, I kind of hope that they don't just... I guess, yeah, no, Lex Luthor's in the movie. That's right. Is he? Yeah. Because Lex Luthor's rowdy, right? I don't I know mean, much I'm hoping about that Lex they Luthor. have some sort of rowdy well, the, the guy playing him is the... Um, the dude who was in the social network, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Really? He's going to be Lex Luthor. What? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? serious? The nerdiest, most <laughs> unlikely person? Let's test him. Dude, hey. Lex Luthor must just be like, super smart and nerdy and I know how to talk my, to girls very well. I have my faith in <laughs> the director, Zack Schneider. But yes, it's a really goofy choice. Zack Schneider. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, we've I'm been We've been going on this for a while, but I also want to put in... You can't underplay how much an actor can really make or break a movie as well. Because yeah. I used to, I, I told myself when Ben Affleck got cast, and everyone was freaking out that, you know, who cares? There's so many different versions of Batman out there anywhere. Anyway, like, go ahead and just see how this one goes. 
but then you forget, you realize that there's movies, for instance, like Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't think Pirates of the Caribbean would have been nearly as successful as it was if it wasn't for uh, Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp playing right. the main character. Yeah, I completely agree. And, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, I'm going to grab it, bring it around the horn. Pull it right along. Um, so my quick fire for the day is actually pertaining to an ALS ice bucket challenge thing. Okay. It's basically just a result of this thing. And okay. it, it's just a testament to how effective and powerful social media can be. Uh, the ice bucket challenge, which I'm, I don't think I need to explain it for anybody that's been listening that has a social <laughs> network at all. Um, that's probably how you found this show anyways. So. Has just recently uh, reached a $53 million mark. Wow. As far as how much they've uh, raised. And to compare, in 2013, over the same period, they raised $2.2 million. <laughs> so it might have worked. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that it's interesting because the very essence of the Ice Bucket Challenge is that I'm going to pour this bucket of water in my head. I'm going to take a video of me doing it. And that is me essentially <laughs> – a lot of people are putting ice buckets on their head and donating, but the idea is is that you do the ice bucket or donate, right? right? That very idea seems like when you see everyone doing all these ice bucket challenges, you're like, how are they raising money? How is this being effective? But I think that the fact – this goes to show that network effect is huge. Whenever there's a few people doing this one thing, it doesn't really mean anything. But when it gets to the point where one person is Everyone's nominating five people, who those mm-hmm. five people are nominating five people of their own, and that actually catches on. That's like four people right it's there. Ext- <laughs> You're so good at math. It's so, it's so ex- interesting to see how powerful those forces can become. You know? And I think that that goes to show that you know whoever gets on the first console first, that's a huge thing. Whoever gets like if you get a you know a bigger crowd going towards iPhones versus Samsungs or Samsungs versus iPhones, it's the same kind of like network effect. So I just think that, that was just cool. guides momentum, right? Yeah. Plus, we harped on the last week's episode that it wasn't doing a good job at sort of putting information out there for people of what ALS was and how to actually donate. Mm-hmm. And you've actually seen with some of these um, celebrity challenges, they've made a much bigger effort to. Go to this website, or this is what ALS is. And, and celebrities me. have been great about this. Dude. I've been so surprised about how the uprising of celebrities has been about this. That's what really solidified it to me as like a cultural instance. Something that a year from now we're going to be like, do you remember when that ALS thing went rampant? The entire NFL Dude, does it. Fernando Alonso, and a, a freaking Spanish Formula One driver. Did one over in Belgium this weekend. That's just like outrageous. What? Yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. Awesome, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That was from Time Magazine, uh, according to the the numerical sourcing. Numerical sourcing. So uh, yeah, way to go, Ice Bucket Challenge. Okay, so for my conversation, Peach, I wanted to get bring it back to the Xbox and PlayStation Four space. Okay, there's been a lot of turmoil over. Having your game at 1080p and 60 frames per second, okay? Is that the average or the standard or... So here's how I set it up. When PlayStation 4 first launched, it was able to advertise all of its games ran at 1080p, 60 frames per second. And what we've witnessed is that sort of benchmark has started to become the bullet point necessity that every game needs to sort of feel 
next generation. Okay. All right. That's your hardware kind of needs. Right. And I'm going to use Diablo three as an example. It's what we've been playing recently and it's kind of in the news right now. So when Diablo three showed itself on the Xbox one at E3, it was running at 900 P at 60 frames a second. Right. Okay. And Microsoft apparently came up and this is from a source um, from Diablo who was demoing the demoing the game and said, hey, you know, this is not acceptable. We need to get this game at 1080p. And they actually came into Diablo Studios and gave them a little code update, got it to 1080p. But that knocked the frame rate down that it runs at at 40 frames per second. And Okay. You've re- we realize now that 1080p and 60 frames per second is sort of becoming a marketing term. It's a way that games have to say, hey, we're, we have this, so this is why it's worth buying on this console. It's a sense of verification that your, your game is legit. And, it's... and, it, and it makes um, Xbox look bad compared to PlayStation 4 when they can't get their games to run at 1080p, 60 frames per second. And it can on the other side of things. Okay. And a big reason for that is all of the multitasking that Xbox does. It uses a lot of that processing power mm-hmm. to keep that stuff going behind the scenes. Okay. And I didn't realize how how prevalent that was in the system until we've opened it up and started using it, but every application I use pretty much goes on hold and when I when I come back to it, it's right where I left it. Right, yeah. Which, which is, is pretty cool. Which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. I mean, we've enjoyed it. When we turn on the Xbox and I go to Forza and it brings me to the menu that I was when I played, you know, yesterday and all I have to do is press A to go to the next race instantly. It's pretty dope. It's really cool. But it shows that the market is sort of getting what it's ask, asking for. And we're seeing the effects of that. So all the gamers are saying it has to be 1080p. And because of that, our the frame rate has been dropping. And this is typically only on Xbox One. Xbox One is having is the one that's having the most problems. Okay. And it brings about, you know, so what's the solution? You could either have you you could have an option in the in the menus that say, let's lock it in at 60 frames a second, and then instead I want a lower resolution, or I want the higher resolution with lower frames. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seems like it's not that important, and to me it really isn't. You know, I don't really care what how many frames or what it looks like. I just want the game to be to play well. Okay. But there was actually a lawsuit filed against Sony over Killzone Shadowfall, because Killzone Shadowfall advertised 1080p, 60 frames a second. Okay. But in the multi multiplayer suite, it couldn't reach it because there's so much going on. It would drop to like 40 frames, 30 frames or whatever. Right. And they actually took the dudes to court over false advertisement. Okay. So let me uh, ask a few questions from the innocent bystander who doesn't really know a lot about this stuff. Please do. So Because I kind of just threw a lot of random 1080p, when you talk about the P, that's the pixelation, right? How many pixels are in the resolution of the screen. That's the clearness, right? How clear and vivid. Yeah, how crisp it's going to be. The crispness. The frame rate, I'm guessing, is how smooth the actual stuff runs. Exactly. Right? Okay. So you're saying that the average gamer would prefer... High resolution with a lower frame rate. I have no. Well, if they had to pick one, here's what's interesting. That's me. And when I and, and when we talk about this, we almost can't use the word average gamer because the only one, the ones who are complaining, are the very loud vocal minority. But the vocal minority 
what they want is 1080p 60 frames. Well, I think if you're willing to voice your opinion, then your opinion is more valid than people who aren't voicing their opinion. You know what I mean? Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you care about it enough to where you're letting people know, like, this is what I want, and other people might you know play the game and they're not letting their voice be known because they don't really care as much about it, then yeah, I would definitely cater to the person that's talking about it. I mean, that's kind of a huge debate within the games industry in general because you have – Say a website for the game developer who has a forum, and the forum maybe has a thousand members, but all one thousand members are clamoring, pissed off about something. Right. But then you realize that four million people bought your game, mm-hmm. so who do you listen to? Right? Yeah, that's true. Really I guess. Care, yeah, you know? like, do you do you provide for the masses, or do you provide for the few who really care about it? That's an interesting and who might get dilemma. you the sales? Yeah, you know, who are going to advertise your game for free? So, so your prompt is I, I don't that, know. I just that we're to... kind of guessing which one will be more important for no, these games. No, I, I wanted to shed light or... on it, and I think my main point was that 1080p 60 frames per second is becoming a benchmark simply because of marketing. Okay, which is kind of in general, like which is kind of interesting in my opinion. That's happened, yeah, because. When the consoles first released, that bullet point was sort of used as just another thing, Mm -hmm. but now it's actually become important, and it's a detriment to Xbox right now because with their – them trying to salvage kind of their position and what the console was originally supposed to be, they're having a real hard time meeting this benchmark. And it's just another hurdle that they have to yeah, kind of overcome. Yeah, like I just – it's just one, one more thing that I feel Xbox behind the ball on. You know that I didn't even consider. I well, didn't see, know anything well, about this. That speaks to your prompt because if are they behind the ball? Because for me, I don't care. Right? Do if, you not care I about high care. resolution and fa- and good? You know, when frame I, rates. When I see it side by side, yes, it upsets me. But when I'm sitting down in front of my television and still having a great time, no, no, I don't care. Okay. You know? If if it's icing on the cake and Xbox can say, oh, by the way, we did get it to this, then like hell yeah, let's do it. Because. Uh, because let's look at it from a general masses standpoint. Are the general masses going to give a crap that it's not 1080p? Probably or give not. a crap that it's 45 or 50 frames Dude, per I can't second, even discern the difference. I really can't. There's people out there who... That can, they, yeah. And down to, like, the frame. Like, that's 33. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> that nuts. Is, can they really? Oh, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. That is wild. So, yeah, no, I don't think the general population even knows what the terminology is let alone cares yeah <laughs> me included that's why I <laughs> verify that but i you know i don't want to underplay what a challenge it has been for microsoft to overcome and when it when we talk about these vocal minorities that's that's who they're losing when it's these sort of problems okay you know well, that's an interesting uh, dilemma. Yeah, so that's sure. a bit of boop on my bada boops. We'll go and ahead and uh, go. All right. Well, I think I'm going to take my conversation, Peach. Now, um, did you pluck it off already? I, I plucked it off. Careful it's, for pits. It's probably going to be a little shorter, more of like a, a conversation Clementine. Maybe. Oh, you know what I mean? Those are really handy. <laughs> Put them in your pocket. But um, you know, we we're kind of we're kind of Apple fans, I would say. But I As think I sit that, here on my iPad with my iPhone next to me. Yeah, I actually have a PC, but um, no, I'm an Apple fan, and I, I didn't. I thought this was a very interesting news review for one sentence in particular. So, the news story comes from Arab News, and it basically talks about how Apple's market value 
hit $602 billion, which okay. basically... It's like a net worth when you say market value. When you say market cap or market value, that's when you take all of their stock combined, like the price and the value of all the stock that is outstanding to the public on top of... Now, don't don't... <laughs> Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that your market value is what your company's worth. So your mo- company is going to be worth what your stock price as a whole is worth plus what your equity is, what you own just individually okay. as a company. But that's $602 billion for Apple, and that is by far more than any other publicly held company in the world. Do you know by what margin? I don't know what margin. Um, all I know are the stock prices on um, Wednesday. They hit $101.09 per share, and that was like after a bunch of stock splits. Where Wait, that's Apple stock? Yes. Dude, I thought they used to be up to like 500 That's That's what I'm saying is they had a bunch of stock splits where they basically make the stock – uh, a certain fractional amount of what the stock originally was, and then they just like hand it out to more or give you more shares of stock. So they're trying to push down the price of of stock. So basically, then, they just created more shares. Right. For if to you buy. if you had a five hundred dollars share of stock in Apple, and then they did a stock split to where it was two fifty, then you would now have two shares of okay. two fifty. And they they do that for different financial reasons and stuff. Is but it, is, is it a is it a sign of weakness or no no no? It's it, a sign of growth. Bad. It's good. It's something that it's basically showing that your company's stock value is getting so high that it's a bad thing. You, yeah, well, you, you kind of need to lower the risk of that high volatility with that high number uh-huh. by splitting the stock, having more stock available to people. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good sign. I'd say when you need a stock split, I just didn't know if that was a troublesome sign. No, no, no. And I mean, this whole article talks about how it is, I mean, it's an all time high as far as a market value for any company, which is weird because I feel as if Apple has been out of the conversation for a little while. Mm -hmm. Other phones have gained a ton of ground. Yep. And I haven't seen in my opinion, much innovation from the company. I know that we're supposed to see on September 9th the iPhone 6, and they're also going to release, reveal a new product. Mm-hmm. Which we're thinking might be the watch, right? Our, our educated, witty banter guess is the smartwatch. <laughs> and, guesstimate. And like I was saying the other night, I think the watch is stupid. It's not what I want to see from Apple. It's not something that I would buy. I think it is the very definition of a boutique item that... It really doesn't have much hold a lot of value, reach. like inherent value. You know, I would even call the iPad a boutique item until but the iPad's awesome. But until I actually used it, I realized how pivotal it can it can become in your everyday life, and how much it can actually replace a lot of other devices that you have. But don't you think that's kind of the nature of Apple's products, though? I mean, when the iPhone came out and when the iPod came out. Don't you think everybody kind of had the same idea? Like this is just kind of a superfluous item that I don't I don't really freaking need, and it's just gonna maybe give my giggles off a little bit. But then when everybody tries it, they're like, it's so good and it's so well done. Totally, I agree with that. You know? It's a valid point, um, and that's why I'm not really having a whole lot of preconceived notion about the whatever it is product that they're gonna put out because even if it's not something that I might initially want, if it works really well and it actually does have some cool usage that I might be able to employ, then, you know, I'm going to give it a, maybe not buy it, but I'll at least be open-minded toward it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
their stock price hit this, you know, high for a long time at a uh, hundred and one dollars and nine cents, and then the the day ended at a hundred dollars and fifty seven cents, which put it at that six hundred two billion dollar mark. Uh, in April of 2013, dude, that is so much money. At April of 2013, they were like struggling a lot. They had their stock, their split adjusted stock was worth fifty five dollars, which is almost half. And uh, 2009, they, you say? In 2013, April, oh, in April, oh, her. and okay, so it, it wiped out three hundred billion dollars in shareholder wealth because they didn't know whether or not they'd be able to go forward without Jobs being the innovator. You know? Right. And so I just thought it was really interesting because we have had these talks about, well, is is Apple a phone company or is Apple going to be this wide, wide-reaching, widespread company that does a lot of different things? And we talked also about how every other product line that they have has actually been shrinking their – profits and their revenues but their iphone is still that that cash cow that that thing that they keep being able to bank in on so i just thought it was interesting that well, that's what i hope for i hope that whatever they have right now is just giving them that steady trickle of cash and they're using it towards r&d for something that will revolutionize hopefully, hopefully again and that's so that's such a it's a hard, yeah. Just to say standard. that, dude. All all Apple needs to do is just revolutionize something. You know, yeah. it's it's it's, it's tough. a hard standard. But that's like what they've. That's the legacy that that Steve Jobs has left. Exactly, and that's what's so scary is, dude. You lose someone like Steve Jobs. I don't know if Apple can ever do that again. Right. I just really don't. And uh, there there were some quotes about is the guy's name Cook that is the CEO of the company now. Sounds or? familiar. Um, he said that he was very, very excited and very, very proud about the things that he's working on, and he said that yeah, in April. That's corporate speak. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. You know, we we kind of, I guess I kind of had the intimation that yeah, maybe Apple was declining in value, but they hit an all time high for any public company ever, hitting six hundred two billion dollars in market value. So that is that's that's nuts. Outrageous. Okay, well that was our little news section uh we're gonna go ahead and take a break real fast and then we'll come right back this is witty banter don't forget to follow us at witty banter show on twitter and shoot an email over to witty banter show at gmail.com and we are back thank you for waiting we have had some time to sort of sift out how we think about this beer and Hunter, what are your um, halftime opinions? Sitting and drinking. What what can you what can you add? What can I glean? Yes. Um it is still I'm still really like this beer. Yep, this beer is awesome. It's opened up a little bit. I think that as it's opened up it is maybe even a little wider than I originally thought it was. You know, wider, lighter, lighter, yeah, lighter to drink. Exactly, dude. It goes like down style, man. very easy, and which is so refreshing for a dark beer. It really, yes. really is refreshing to have a light dark. It's beer. It's like a sessionable dark ass beer. Yes, because this thing is black, dude. You You're cannot, not seeing through. You cannot see through it. And I'm guessing we're because I don't really know when you have. Have you seen a lot of really dark beers that are really filtered, like super dark beers that you can see through? 
No, I don't think that really. So I can't really, I I can't really say whether I know this is filtered or not. But um, yeah, it's not. But my initial instinct is no, it is not filtered because I can't see through this at all. It's so dark. But I really love the hints of coffee. I have grown to love that whenever I find it in coffees, especially if it's not too strong. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it has that little hint of sweetness, and that is just. Like, I couldn't ask for more in a beer, honestly, at yep. this point. That's to me, why I really like to it. To me, it's just smells of caramel, tastes of dark chocolate, and goes down really easy. Okay. And I'm loving it. <laughs> there you go, man. So we will uh, we'll postpone our, our final judgment. Yeah, I got my stamp ready. Yeah, we have our stone tablet, and then we will <laughs> chisel it in. But, uh, but yeah, we'll wait for the, the end. The show was 25 hours long as they had to chisel in their scores. <laughs> Okay, for this next game, we're going to debut a, a new game type, mm-hmm. and the game title is Lyricalities. Lyricalities. The best part is when he says, and she's buying the runway to heaven. Dude, he says stairway. <laughs> Lyricality. So basically with Lyricalities, what we're going to do is Hunter and I each have three songs for each other. And we have the verses to these songs, and one by one, line by line, we're going to go through these lyrics, and the other person has to guess either the artist or the song. Or, well, both. Or a we're point trying, for each. We're trying, yeah. Uh, do you want to do a point for the song or two points for the song? Because I think it's harder to, to guess the particular song. No, I say we do a point so for a each. So a point for each. Yeah. So we will get a point for the song title and a point for the uh author or the composer of the track and yes we will be reading about four to six lines from the lyrics and yeah okay i'm gonna go ahead and start you off first hunter okay i'm ready so song number one okay it's very far away it takes about a half a day to get there if we travel by my dragonfly no it's not in spain but it's all the same you know it's got a groovy name, and the wind's just right. Oh, God. You know this song. I'm sure I do. <laughs> uh, but it really is nothing is, is poking out at me. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, – I just have to go off a random guess. I'm going to say that it's a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Nope. No? Okay, nope. well then I, I get zero points for that one. Kinda, it's mm-hmm. I can't even come vein. up with any, yeah. So that's Spanish Castle Magic by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, dude, I don't know the lyrics to that at all. You don't know the lyrics <laughs> to that one? No, oh, no I could have sworn you would have got that. But that's fine. That's a, it's totally a, a, usable, a usable one. So that's zero <laughs> points for me. Okay. Okay. So now it's my turn. So, Chase, your lyrics are, <laughs> Hey, I was just a skinny lad. Never knew no good from bad, but I knew love before I left my nursery. Left alone with big fat Fanny. She was such a naughty nanny. Heap big woman, you made a boy a bad boy out of me. Is that fat bottom girl? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Good work, good (laughs) sir. Just right into the song. Yeah, dude. It was it was at the fat bottom nanny. That <laughs> well, at first I was like, this might be some Zeppelin, and then as as the badonkadonks got referenced more and more, I was like, okay, Queen loves those badonks. They're big fans. You think they wouldn't be, but they are. They make the rocket world go round, is what I hear. Dude, that's what has been said about them. 
Okay, so it's 2-0. Dang it. Okay, so here we are. Are you ready? We are scanning the scene in the city tonight. We are looking for you to start up a fight. There's an evil feeling in our brains, but it's nothing new. You know it drives us insane. Running, on our way, hiding, you will pay dying 1,000 deaths. I'm going to say it's Metallica. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> is it... Is it called, like, Electric Magnet or whatever it's called? I can't <laughs> no. think of the song name. No. Nope. Is it A Thousand Deaths? You got... No, it's not that oh, either. Okay. You got Metallica, Okay, though. so I'll take a point for Metallica. What is Seek the song? Seek and Destroy. Seek and Destroy. Because it okay. goes, um... One Thousand Deaths, Seek and... <laughs> seek and Destroy. Yeah, because I... I... <sighs> I just heard a thousand deaths, and for some reason, I was de- definitely metallic. Yep, that was good, dude. I- okay, so, all right, so on to number two. I think that I was really surprised that you got the uh, the Queen one as easy as you did. Don't ever discount the lyrical catalog I got. Okay. Okay, so all along the eastern shore, put your circuits in the sea. This is what the world is for: making electricity. You can feel it in your mind. You can do it all the time. Plug it in and change the world. Dude, what the hell? <laughs> I that's that first uh line of the eastern shore mm-hmm. sounds sounds from This was a popular one for sure about 4 years ago. But <sighs> I'm going to default, man. I have no idea. You're just going to skip it? <laughs> you going to have a guess? I'll just guess an artist. Guess an artist. Um, I don't know. No, I okay. got nothing. All right, got that nothing. was "Electric Feel" by oh, M- by course. MGMT. All along the eastern shore. Yep. So yeah, should have known all those electricity. T- <laughs> yeah, the very tips. last song or the very last line is um, <laughs> "You are my electric girl." So I couldn't say that one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so your final one, which what's the score, the score right is now? Two, is, one, is two one you one right now. Yes. All right, your final song. Listening right closely. If you think that a kiss is all in the lips, you got it all wrong, man. And if you think that her dance is all in the hips, well, then do the twist. If you think holding hands is all in the fingers, grab hold of the soul where the memory lingers, and make sure to never do it with the singer, because he'll tell everyone in the world. What he was thinking about the girl. What he was thinking about the girl. Okay, I know this is Jack White. I also know this song. I need to think about it for a second. It's the White Stripes, but I'll give you the point. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and... It's a, it's a sexy song, man. It's I don't. That, I don't. I have too. that album. That I album. have that freaking album. <laughs> but a song name is not coming out to me. I really didn't look through the song names that much. I just listened to the album through. See, that's where you made your first mistake, man. <sighs> um. <laughs> Nothing for I, it. I, I, I don't have. I, I'm just gonna say all the denial all that I twist. Need. The denial twist, yeah, I totally would not have got there that. It is. But I got two points. Yeah, we're bringing. So this if you can't get this one, neck and neck, man. If you can't get this one, we might have to do a tiebreaker. Oh, mamma mia. Um, okay, so listen. Unabashed honesty would be ideal, but a prophet did once say 
that honesty is a lonely word. So where do we go from here? Abandon ship now? My problem is you made me melt, and I don't want to be frozen anymore. What the f- what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm, I'm positive you've heard the song, but it was just a standout song for me because I really, really like the song, and you, you totally know the band. Oh man, it's got. It doesn't have very much rhyming. I'm just. Oh, God. <laughs> I would guess Radiohead. No. I have no idea. I have okay. no clue. It was Incubus. Oh. It was uh, Have You Ever? You know, Have You Ever Tried To? Oh, yeah. On a bash it on a stage. Yep. I can never understand what he says, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their lyrics in Incubus are kind of intense, but that's why I had to choose it because I was like, that will be a little. So hard. the tiebreaker will be Rochambeau. We can do a Rochambeau tiebreaker, Rochambeau. I guess. If that's shoot. not lame to do on a podcast. On shoot. Okay, uh, just one? Yeah. Okay. Rochambeau, shoot. Rochambeau, shoot. The double paper always wins. (laughs) The game goes to Hunter. (laughs) Yes. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed the new game, and uh, we hope to bring it back at some point in time. But that leads us over to check the mailbox. Ooh, the the Nick's Mail Corner. It's Nick's Mail Corner. And guess what, dude? We finally have mail. Ooh! Not from just one person. Not from just two people. Get my jingles! So we got three mails! Three mails! <laughs> oh, my boys. So to start off, now all three of these people emailed wittybantershow at gmail.com, just like you should do. Okay. We're going to go ahead and finish out Forrest's um, question. He had two of them. And this is a little long. Thank you again for us. Kind of long-winded, so give me so listen up. Okay. So he's asking if we've ever heard about this secret Wu-Tang Clan album called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Apparently there's only one going to be one copy sold to the highest bidder after make after it makes its way around the world for a museum tour. So people mm. can come pay to listen to it. Uh, they will be searched for recording devices to make sure that there's no bootlegging. Uh, and he asks, given our easy access to any song in the world through the internet, do you think this is a good way to raise appreciation for music or just a silly publicity stunt? I think it's both. I think that it shows that there is inherent value in being able to share songs, right? There is – when you withhold this music and this thing that a lot of people are going to want to listen to and you withhold it from them – that automatically raises the value of something, right? It's lower supply, higher demand, so the price is to ship up upward in order to raise that. But that raises awareness. I think that I, I, I don't know how much awareness it raises, and I don't I do think it is kind of a silly publicity stunt. I think it's kind of one of those things that Wu Tang probably just said, we just want to have this specific calling card thing where we only have this one album that no one can access unless you go to this place, you know, which is a cool idea in my opinion, but I think it's, it is a little gimmicky. I don't think that it's something that other bands can actually really follow and, and make into like a trend or anything. Yeah. I also have to side on the publicity stunt spectrum. Um, if maybe they are doing this to announce like this tour at the end of it, they're going to permanent moat a new album and the, and the band's getting back together and they're going to do a new tour. Then that was something, but 
I, I doubt Are that's... Are they not good. coming back together anymore? I mean, not that I've heard. Because uh, pretty this sure some is of a new album, right? It's uh, He says it's a secret album. I, I think it is a new album. Is it? I want to say it is. I think they came out with a new album. Then and... there's no way that only one copy of this is being sold. You don't produce an album to sell it to... Unless this guy pays a freaking... Billion because, dollars for it. Because if it was if it was an old album, then it wouldn't be secret, right? Well, maybe it was a bunch of hit, like a bunch of tracks that never got released and are being put on an album. Because I've definitely heard of this before. I just didn't. I totally assumed that it was just a new album that they made and they were trying to make some some hype about it. At the end of the day, I just don't see what how this raises people's appreciation because I think the only people who are going to go see this hear see and hear this record are going to be diehard Wu Tang fans or people that are in the immediate area. <laughs> but even then, like, hey, dude, the newest exhibit is this rap album that we've never heard about. We know nothing about it. You want to go listen to it? Like, not really. Yeah. So it, it's really a, a weird thing. I think that it is uh, innovative, and I and I like. Just changing it up, mixing it up, I do, but I don't. I don't know if it raises a whole lot of awareness. I think that you know, I think awareness is kind of an obscure term, but I, I don't know how much awareness it actually raises. Yeah, and speaking to him, talking about listening to songs through the internet, what you watch, the highest bidder is going to put this thing on the internet as soon as you can. Yeah, for <laughs> so, sure, man. So anyway. So thank you for the question for us. Moving on to question number two. This comes from a friend of mine named Brandon Lutz. We went to Germany together. That's how I yes, know. I met him at the park the other day, yes. right? Cool. Very funny guy from New York. His question is, he says, So, I got into an argument with this girl. She claims that yellow should be eliminated from the color wheel. I say that's <laughs> ludicrous. Nobody chooses purple anymore, and they should just let it go. I mean, what do y'all think? So, first of all, Brent, and then he says mathematical and signs off with butts. <laughs> You have two different colors in the question, man. Are we talking about yellow being eliminated or purple being eliminated? Okay, because yellow and purple are complementary colors, which means they're opposites. Yes. I think the idea of eliminating something from a color wheel is a little ridiculous. It's also impossible. Let's let's go through this, okay? We're going to deflect if yellow and or purple should be taken off the color wheel, and we're just going to ask. Should a color be removed? If you could remove a color, what would it be? I really dislike brown. I mean, it's not on the color <laughs> wheel. It's totally everything. Well, like, yeah, I guess the color so. wheel is all colors, essentially. Maybe but... my least favorite color probably would just be... I can't have purple's pretty ugly. I don't like purple. Really? Mm-hmm. Purple used to be royalty, dude. Yeah, fuck royalty, dude. <laughs> okay. Uh, but here's what I'm saying. Because I think yellow is a pretty unappetizing color in myself. Uh, but, dude, yellow is so happy. I mean, I don't look, I don't wear yellow because it makes me look like a pasty just ogre. But It only looks good on girls. And plus, you can't write in yellow. Highlighter, I guess dude. you can highlight in yellow. I don't know. But to finish up like the, the first question, you, you can't remove a color from the color wheel because the reason that color is there – it's because it's in white light, dude. You put a prism up to a, a little light beam, yellow's going on the wall. I'm sorry. And you don't get to decide what is and is not physical law. So, Some people do. Some people think that they do because they tell me that black's not a color, and I'm like, well, that's not my a color. Fav- well, it, regardless of whether of or not it is or it is not a color, it's also my favorite color. So It's uh, in the physics space, it's not a color, but in, in, a, in a pigment it's space. all colors. It's, yeah, like in printing. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. It's all colors and pigment. It just it just depends on your perspective. It just depends if you're talking about light or pigmentation. Well, Brandon, you tell that girl that she's dumb, and you should definitely not be eliminating colors. And thank you for your uh, your interesting question. But mostly, that really had us expand our mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and last but not least, we have the man for which this segment is named after. Nick sends in a question. Big old Nick. Big old Nick's got a question, <laughs> and it's written in all caps, of course. Of course. And Nick asks. When's the last time you pooped slash maybe farted a little too hard in your pants? <laughs> as a grown man, I will admit that I have in the past year and a half or so. As always, get chirped, you turf nerfers. <laughs> you smurp derp. So, do you want to start this off, man? Okay. I, I really don't think that I have... Pooped your pants? No, no, no. I totally probably have. But I think I might have su- suppressed all of those <laughs> memories. One that I do remember that was really funny, and it was it was a little bit more. Uh, you could say it was okay because I was five years old at the time. I, I went over to this kid's birthday party, and he was having like this baseball party, and we were gonna go to the park and play baseball and just have fun and be goofy kids. Well, I had to poop real bad right? <laughs> when we we're at the park, and I couldn't believe this, but there was like no restrooms at this park. I go to my mom. I'm like, hey, there's no restroom here. Go to the, go to the kid's parent. There's no restroom here. What's the deal? What do I do? Did you guys bring the restrooms to you? And, and so, no. Is it by the punch? I straight up oh, went God. to kind of like an unexplored area, but it was still out in the open of the park that no one else was. Oh, my God. Pulled it down. Oh, man. Took a dump. <laughs> At five years old. Most memorable experience about this whole thing is one my mom's face when I <laughs> she, saw her. She see you poop? Yes. Well, she runs over to me like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the best part about it, in my opinion, was this Jeep of teenagers <laughs> that drove by. So I'm taking a poop in this park in public, and they're like... Yeah, <laughs> let's go! Like, they're so stoked. I'll always remember that. I'm sure they will too. They probably still tell that story when they're around dinner tables. Glad man. I could provide that for exactly. them. You know, they're 45 now and they're still talking. That's about probably that. the most socially acceptable like version that I have of pooping my pants that I'm willing to talk about on air. So for Chase, dial it back to a good like 2010. Okay. So we're graduating high school at this point. I've got to work a shift at 3 o'clock. And around 11, I go to Genghis Grill. And if you know anything about Genghis Grill, which is just a Mongolian stir-fry place, yes, pretty much a guaranteed side effect is outrageous urges <laughs> to go number two. I've experienced this myself, especially if you have the dragon salt. Yeah, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I put dragon salt in there that day. Anyway, okay. that's just the preface. All right. I'm dressed, oh, just for, the preface. I'm, I'm dressed for work. I've got my uniform on, my chef's coat. I get out of my car. I'm walking into work to go, to go make sandwiches. And I've got a really just big, full-hearted, <laughs> meaty <Keep> fart it... <laughs> boiling up. Okay? Let's get ready PG. And I'm like, dude, I got I to gotta let this thing go. <laughs> and I just <laughs> go for this... <laughs> Just right just on, my, cherry on, on my way to, I'm going to start my shift with a, ch- just 
right just on a my, cherry on, on top. my way to. I'm going to start my shift with a cherry on top in my pants. To start making sandwiches. I literally, people. and I'm walking in bow legged like a freaking cowboy. <laughs> And I just be—I didn't even go clock in. I just beelined it to a bathroom, took my boxers off, and threw them away, <laughs> and worked the rest of my shift free balling. And didn't wash your hands. <laughs> I made sure not to. That's funny, man. So, Nick, thank you for letting us get a little more acquainted with our listeners today. <laughs> yeah, we really made a close bond. Like I told you guys, we will answer any question. Just email the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com. We have two pretty goofy questions there yeah, at the end. Which I enjoy. Yeah, of course. You know, you like uh, giving Sometimes people... you don't want to get down to the brass tacks. You want to be on plastic tacks. Yeah, maybe just like uh, copper. All right, Hunter. Let's go ahead and put some numbers on these beers and get out of here. Okay. Um, are, you, I, I, are you prompting me to go first? You can if you like. I'd say we've spent quite a lot of time. I'll just go ahead and give my number. We, we've sort of... I think we've said all that needs to be said about how this beer is. As I agree. It, as it's opened up, I'm telling you guys, the, the smell of caramel is strong. I can smell it even though my beer is sitting a little farther away from me. The taste is just chocolatey goodness. And coffee a little and bit. And it finishes super smooth. It doesn't feel heavy in your stomach. So it's like a drinkable stout that tastes good. And for all of that, I'm going to give it a nine. Damn. I'm going to give it a nine, dude. I love this beer. I really do. I think I'm going to match you. Yeah? I think I'm going to match you with a nine. You're going to double snap it? I even like the name. Just the Black Bavarian. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But yeah, I, I, I think that you spoke to everything. I mean, I loved how light it was with the contrast of how dark it was. Yep. I mean, I thought it was so refreshing to have that. It was... I do love when I get those little hints of coffee, and I definitely got those hints whenever I was drinking this. It was sessionable. It was like... It was like a dark beer that you could have a conversation over, you know? Exactly. And it wasn't like a struggle to get to the end of it or anything. So, yeah. I'm I wasn't not, sitting here trying to finish this it. This is definitely one of the best beers that we've had on the show, in my opinion, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, awesome. <clears throat> so, two nines from Woody Banter. Thank you again for the recommendation, Dan Grosser. We're going to go ahead and end the show and get out of here. Let's um, go ahead and plug away at all the various ways that you can find Woody Banter. <laughs> Growing so, by the second. You can find Woody Banter... On iTunes, just search Witty Banter Show, hit subscribe. Every week when we post an episode, it'll show up automatically in your download box. We are also on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Witty Banter Show. And then we also have our own website where you can download the episodes if you don't have iTunes, which is wittybantershow.com. Mm-hmm. Hunter and myself are both on Twitter as well. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Mm-hmm. And then, Hunter, do you have anything else that you want to plug in there? Do you mind if I plug this show that I'm going to? Or oh, that I'm going to be playing in? Yes, please so do. So I, I am fortunate enough to be graced by my friend named Chris Keenan. He went to Tennessee and produced his own album. He has a P, He's getting his Ph.D. in organ at UT, so he's le- a legit musician. He might be pretty good. He's extremely good. So impressive. And I'm getting, I was fortunate enough to be asked by him to play for this show. We're going to drop this debut album drop show uh, on the 28th of August, which I believe is a Thursday. Yep, next Thursday. At the Brass House. And I'm just plugging away because I'm going to be there. He's going to be there. I want to be able to promote as much awareness for it as possible. And I think it's going to be a really good show. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Everyone should come out. And once again, it's August 28th at the Brass House. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to give that guy a shout out and everybody who would be willing to go. It's going to be a good time. 
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. We hope to be back within a week, and school will have started by then, which is nuts. Ah, oh, damn it. So uh, for episode number 26, I am Chase Williams. I am Hunter Dorsett. And we will see you next time. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep,